Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery. My name is Heather and I know very little about true crime. Last season I knew nothing, now I know a little. <laughs> My name is Jillian and I'm a little bit more of a true crime expert than I was last year. True. We started this podcast so that I could learn more about true crime because Jill is obsessed and I am terrified and it's actually worked out pretty well and I haven't been too scared and so hopefully you won't be too scared either and maybe you'll learn something. If you're new to our podcast, each week Jill tells us a new story, including both local and national cases. Now let's get started with season two. Hi everybody! (laughs) We are so sorry. It is my fault. Um, My boyfriend got sick with the whatever little sticky thing was going around, And then I was like, oh, I can't risk getting anyone else sick, even though I felt fine. And so when he started feeling better, then my dog got sick and I had to stay home with her because that is my child. And then when she was fine, my boyfriend got sick again. And this time he got me sick. So it's just been ixnay on the ixay. We're done with it. No more. I have been healthy. I had to knock on wood. Um, But I can't record a podcast without Jill because I don't know what to say. Also, you guys should have expected this. This happened last year. January is the sick time. But I did not get COVID this time. I don't know what it was. It could have been COVID. Well, I did test for COVID. It could have been wrong. It's a three-year running streak of Jill getting sick that week, so we really should have expected it and we should have planned ahead, but we didn't. Yeah, honestly. So now we're here um, way later than we thought we would be, but we are excited to be back. We are now feeling better, so we should be good to go. So now we will be able to tell you stories. Yes, and those stories today, two stories. Those stories. Oh, those. Today's episode contains mention of child abuse and child sexual assault, so listener discretion is advised. Today we're doing things a little different. I was going to say this is not normal. It is not normal, but start of season two, my friends. Yes, and this season, this episode one of season two will only make sense if you have literally listened to every other episode. So hopefully our absence gave you time to catch up on that because today we will be covering all of the updates from cases we covered last year. Oh, I like that. If they have updates. I'm excited about that. Oh, just wait. (laughs) Should I not be excited? Oh, it's just... There's a lot? No, no, no. Well, I'm just saving the best for last. I will be saying the name of the case before we get into the updates, just in case. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. So our first update is on the Turpin family. Okay. If you remember where we left off with them, they had been placed into foster care into a home that was allegedly abusing some of the children. Since our episode aired, foster parents Marcelio and Rosa Uglon, along with their daughter Lenny, were arrested in March of 2021 for child abuse. Are you kidding me? These poor children. Yeah. So allegedly, because it's not, from what I can tell, it's not like a... Yeah, but how do you get arrested if they don't have, like, good evidence to support? Uh, I should say convicted. They've been arrested but not convicted because the trial hasn't gone on. Okay. But allegedly, five of the Turpin children were held captive and allegedly the dad molested two of them... And literally, how could you be so unlucky that you live your life inside this terrible prison of a home where your parents are mad at you all the time and sometimes chain you to the bed and then you escape by 
Jordan's good grace Mm -hmm. of running away. And then you go to a foster family who also keeps you locked away and then molests you. Yeah. Like, that does not make sense. No. That is not fair. It's terrible. Um, So the family is facing seven counts of committing a lewd and... How does the child... How is their kid involved? It sounds like she's a, a grown adult. Okay. He's being charged with, like, lewd acts against a child, and his wife and daughter are facing fraud and witness intimidation charges. Now, they've all pled not guilty to these charges, but from what I can find, it is still an ongoing case. But in July of 2022, six of the Turpin children filed lawsuits uh, against the Riverside County and another one against a private foster care agency. In the suit, they say that well, their lawyer is saying that the siblings were the victims of abuse in a foster home that officials had placed them in after they had been rescued from their literal nightmare house. And they say in their lawsuit that the the state in the foster care agency knew that the foster parents they were placed with were unfit and they had prior allegations of physically and emotionally abusing children as well as severe neglect for children who had been placed in their care. I just, you have to get out. I, everybody knows that I feel strongly about foster care. If, if you're not going to be a good one, just don't. It would be better if you just weren't. Right. Now it is. And also the people who were in charge that said, let's send these horribly abused and neglected children to a foster home that we don't have a lot of confidence in. Right. That already has prior history. Right. Like, like you would be, if it were me, I would be sending them to the best like, the most loving, the best ones, the most positive, the ones who are trained the most, those would be the homes that I would send these children to. Not the ones that have already been accused of being just as bad as their parents. Right. And I feel like foster care is not, like, child stealing candy. Like, oh, well, you know, he stole candy once. Like, we'll give him another shot. Like, no, if you have any history of abusing and neglecting children, you shouldn't be allowed to have any more. Yeah. Like, stop sending kids to their home. But apparently they... Well, accusations are very different than, like, being convicted. True. Again, like, I just got licensed for foster care, which Darian and I have been working on for a very long time. Um, and in our classes, they said to expect hotlines called on your home because parents are going to be mad that you have their kids. And so they're going sense. to say things about you that aren't true. So it could be that kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. But if there was, like, any truth to it and, like, any truth to be found out, it's disgusting that they sent them there. And we know that their parents aren't calling because they're in prison, so. Right, but I mean, like, from previous foster kids. Like, it could have been their parents. Because some of the people that trained us even had hotlines called on them. And the people came and they were like, hey, everything looks fine, so sorry. It happens, yeah. But it's better to check, like. Definitely. I'm sorry, I keep rambling on, but, like. We know that there are foster families out there that are not good foster families. Like, there are stereotypes like that for a reason. And even if there's only one, that's too many. And so if you're, if I had my kid go into foster care, I would want to make sure that they were in a good home. Right. So, I mean, I get it. Mm -hmm. But it's also scary being a foster parent thinking that someone's going to call on you. Right. Because you, I mean, it's your reputation. So. Yeah. Well, another part of the suit was... Uh, that they had financial motive to continue placing, like, a bunch of children in this foster home. And 
because they were able to place so many children, it was better for the county or something like that. Oh, interesting. I guess since it was one home, they didn't have to pay as much for each individual child, from what it sounds like. Uh, okay. So they cared more about money than the children, well, from my opinion. As far as I know, in the state of Missouri, it does not work like that, but it could there. I don't know. Let me... This is what the... This is what the suit claims. Quote, uh, ChildNet Youth had a financial motive to continue placing a large number of children in this foster home and thereby strengthening its relationship with the county of Riverside, and it put that financial motive ahead of its responsibility to children. I don't know. Sounds legit. Yeah. So Jordan, the one that we talked about who called 911 and saved all of her siblings' lives. Also, are you proud that I remembered her name? Yes. Do you follow her on TikTok? No. (laughs) Well, she was just verified on TikTok. Nice. Yeah. So she has her own apartment in Southern California and said, quote, sometimes I walk into my apartment and literally think, is this real? I'm more independent and can just be myself. This is everything I've ever wanted. She feels like her life is actually about to start. That's good. Mm -hmm. The siblings are still close, according to Jordan. She said that they have inside jokes and they have a lot of fun together. And after everything that happened and after escaping, she's super protective over her siblings as they are of her. And she says that they always know that they have her. Jack Osborne, who represents the siblings, said, quote, They are all working towards their own independence. They want people to know them for who they are and what they are going to be doing. They look forward to working on school, working on their health, and working on learning and doing basic life skills. And that is the... Last update we have on the Turpin family. Okay. Next update we have is the Cassidy Rainwater case. Okay, I'm very excited. Unfortunately, it was confirmed that the remains found in the freezer were human and did belong to Cassidy. I thought we already knew that. I didn't realize that was speculation. Did we? I thought they were waiting for a DNA test to confirm it. I don't know. I can't. Well, now, shoot. I can't remember. Well, either way, in my mind, I had made it up. It was her. Well, either... (laughs) We thought it was, but the DNA test did confirm that. Um, I can't find any other information on what else has been done in regards to possible cannibalism. They haven't said. But James Phelps and Timothy Norton face murder charges, abandonment of a corpse, and kidnapping charges. Though they did plead not guilty, they are scheduled to have court sometime this month. The state is seeking the death penalty against James Phelps. And there is still no motive as to why they targeted Cassidy. We do know that she was just trying to get back on her feet and staying with them. But that is all we know so far. Obviously, if court is happening sometime, they said sometime in January, but they haven't said anything else. So I can't find anything about it being yet. Yeah. I'm glad that they know it that it's her because that gives the family a little bit of closure. But that's a it's a very messed up case. I think about that all the time. That's yeah. one of the ones that haunts me. See, now I may be mixing up because I thought, I don't know, because I thought we were waiting for the DNA to, conf- I knew I knew that the DNA they had found like her, her body or whatever, but like I thought we were waiting for DNA to confirm the, what was in the meat, but maybe I'm getting that confused. It's, ex- it's extraordinarily possible that you're right, Jill. I'm, I'm telling sorry. you right now, like I could have just decided that it was hers (laughs) you know what I mean like it was her body I don't know I do remember talking about so somebody was on Facebook posting about we had to do DNA tests and that was with 
But that was with some of the, like, weird things that people had said about that guy feeding their neighbors meat right. and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm never eating anything for my neighbors. Meanwhile, I bring my neighbors vegetables all the time. So, good thing I don't poison them. <laughs> there are two cases that don't necessarily have updates that I do want to still touch on. Um, the one being the one that breaks my heart the most, uh, Tanner Ward's case. We still don't have justice for him. So I just wanted to bring that up again, justice for Tanner. And the other one being the identity of Hope, St. Louis's baby Jane Doe. I am including this because a few months ago, a documentary revisiting the case came out and I still have hope that one day she will have her name known and a family will have closure. The documentary is on Amazon and it is called Our Precious Hope, St. Louis's Little Jane Doe Revisited, if anyone wants to watch it. The next okay. case is the Danny. That's like the that's the updated version of the one that you had mentioned before. Um, it hadn't came out when I'd mentioned it before, but they were oh, working okay. on it. Okay, but now it's out. Okay, perfect. The next case is Danny Santuli case of the hazing gone wrong. Okay, there is a small update, and that is that a proposal for a bill that would protect those calling nine one one against being charged with hazing. It's not yet passed, but David. Benchotti is the lawyer that represented the Santuli family. He helped with the bill in Florida, and it is apparently very similar to House Bill 240, which I think we did talk about, but... What is that? I don't remember. It's like an anti-hazing bill. Oh, okay. I think we had covered it in the last one, but this is one specifically that will go against kind of like with, I think, overdoses, like... Or like a Good Samaritan thing. Right. But specifically for, like, not getting, like, students in trouble are charged with hazing if they call 911. So. I think that's a great idea. Definitely. Actually. I feel like that would almost encourage people to be, like, the first one to call. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, if you call, you're not going to get in trouble. But if you don't call and someone else calls, you are going to get in trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. David said, uh, when asked about it, quote, ask any mother or father of a hazing incident of a hazing victim and they will tell you the same thing they would much rather have their son live than criminally prosecute the person who did it and that's that which mm-hmm. i 100 agree yeah i agree too i think that's a really good idea that's it nope this is the worst one <laughs> the worst for last so i was originally gonna do these in chronological chronological order of the way that we covered them okay but i had to move this one to the end now this one is Pam Hupp. This was our very first episode, and honestly, it's still a pending investigation. So there's really no actual update, but I do want to talk about a couple of things. The first one being the thing about Pam. As you know, if you are a reoccurring listener, we live in Troy, Missouri, where Betsy and Russ Faria lived and where Betsy's murder took place. As for the show, I don't think you watched it. Mm-mm. Okay. I would say in itself, it was pretty accurate. However, I was disappointed in how they portrayed Troy because they made it seem very, if you're a local, Hawk Point. They made it seem very redneck. If you're listening, it was not. It is redneck. It's not that redneck. You're absolutely wrong. No, no, no. It, it literally, I was watching it and I was like, they had aerial shots of like Main Street. You could see my sister-in-law's boutique. It was actually really cool. But like none of the actual scenes were shot in anywhere in here and it was like I felt like they were shot in like Hawk Point or Old Monroe bars. Like 
what bar here has deer heads all over the walls? None. Um, I just literally have a deer head on my wall. Right yes, now. but we don't have them in the bars here. So I feel like they made us look really, like, stupid. Um, we're not I don't, all like that. Okay. You'd fine. have to watch it. No, it's, that's fine. It was just, I understand. I did not see it. It was very, I don't know, about that. Um, the, the other thing. It's just that Troy is redneck. Troy is less redneck than Hawk Point. Probably, but how many people do you know that live in Hawk Point? I literally went to a bar in Hawk Point this week. Was there not a lot of people there? There were, I mean, there were plenty. I mean, it was a smaller building. I don't think there were any deer on the wall. Well. Just like to be clear. Right. I feel like you're bullying the people of Hawk Point and I don't stand for bullying. No. Like, I think that they got St. Charles County right. And I think that they got all of the characters right. And I think everybody did a good job. That's the only thing that I was like, they even had like aerial views of of the city that were actually like main street st charles main street and troy but it was like they made us look stupid <laughs> they whenever i think of troy i don't think of like the entire town being 200 people and everybody being like you know like everybody with their confederate flags and their chew type of thing and that's kind of what they made it seem so like I know that there's people in Troy that act like that, but I don't think our entire town is made up of people like that. Okay. How they made it in the show. Okay. Does that make sense? That's kind of funny, honestly. Okay. So, another thing that disappointed me about the show was when I found out that Betsy's daughters didn't approve or want the show to happen. Yeah, I was uncomfortable with that as well. Right. And this part is, like, hard for me because Russ was super for it, but Leah and Mariah weren't. Now, keep in mind... This was our first case, our show, our first episode, and I had no clue what I was doing, literally at all. And there are many- It's rough. It was, it's very rough, and there's so many things I would, like, go back and change about it now. But now, since we've been in this genre for an entire year, uh, it's shown a new light on victims and their families, but more importantly, how they feel about the true crime genre. Mm-hmm. With the Pam Hub case, it's very hard because Leah and Mariah, who are Betsy's- daughters don't want betsy remembered as just a woman who was killed by a lunatic lee and mariah are very much victims in this case because they lost their mother that being said russ is also a victim and he wants the story out there so it's hard because you have her daughters who who don't want it out there but then you have him who does and he lost a lot of his years being in prison for this crime that he didn't commit but you can't tell his story without telling his wife's story too so it's very that's why it's very hard yeah it is hard um i do wish that they would have at least dove more into betsy's life before she got sick in the documentary or in the show yeah i think that would have been a good compromise right and definitely at least talk to her daughters before you did the show that was very disappointing i knew they were very like hurt by the whole thing so the one update that i learned no yes the one update that i did learn from the show is that, oh, I remember. Yes. Russ ended up dating and is now engaged to Carol McPhee, who was the lady Pam had originally tried to, or she had originally lured into her car, saying that she was working with a TV station and that she wanted her to recreate some scenes, which we now know would have ended with her being murdered. So they met during the trial because Carol was a witness. And I think it's really crazy how that worked out, but I'm very happy for them. It's very strange, but like, hey, whatever, I mean, whatever works, I guess. Right. 
Now, this is where things get interesting. Okay. New information has arisen recently. We discussed that some of the officials serving at the time of Russ's investigation were being looked into. Well, we now know that former Captain Mike Merkel, who was in charge at the time of the investigation, and, like, remember how, like, crime scene photos, like, went missing and all that stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. And then they magically reappeared later. Right. Well, now Mr. Mike has a felony complaint against him for blackmailing and stalking an officer who was investigating the case of him in regards to the Pam Hub case. Jeez. So... (laughs) You're really digging yourself a hole here. So bad. Now, keep in mind, he does no longer work in our town at all. Okay. Lincoln County Sheriff's Office. Yes. No longer is there, like, booting him out. But the report says that Mike stalked one of the officers. That is so bad. I mean, that's, like, just how you tell somebody that you're guilty. Like, could you be dumber? Yes, he can, and I'll tell you why. Oh, no. <laughs> he stalked one of the officers and took photos of him, of the officer eating at St. Charles, Texas Roadhouse, and sent pictures of Texas him eating Roadhouse. and pictures of his patrol car to the officer. For what reason? To say, I saw you enjoying the rolls with their cinnamon butter? Like, I, what a threat. Well, he used a burner phone, and he threatened him with the messages saying, quote, we are watching you closely. You should stop throwing stones at a glass house or yours will come down first and fast. I have video of you drinking and getting into your car. And these are like all like separate thing. But we are watching you closely. Read the definition of integrity and know the wheels of justice turn slowly. And they turn in favor of those with integrity. That sounds like a serial killer's letter to the newspaper. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to process the things that you've said. The wheels of justice turn slowly. So, I'm just going to read the case file. So, on the aforementioned date and time, a Lincoln County Sheriff's Office employee received multiple text messages containing, containing images of the victim dining at Texas Roadhouse on Veterans Memorial Parkway and the victim's assigned patrol vehicle in the parking lot. The employee receiving the messages was in possession of a Lincoln County Sheriff's Office assigned cellular device, which had previously been issued to the victim. The message read, well, about how they have videos of him drinking, blah, 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 we already read those. Um, The wheels of justice turn slowly. They're in favor of those with integrity. (laughs) So additional messages were received, like, quote, you're determining your professional fate here just as you did in Mandeville. We are four weeks in, four weeks to go, make better decisions, or they'll both end up the same. And we will eventually meet in person when this is all turned over to an independent body for review. The victim was in his house in Lincoln County when he received the messages approximately an hour after they were sent. The Lincoln County Sheriff's Office cellular device is described as a... Apple iPhone. We don't really care about the serial number, blah, blah, blah. The messages in question were sent from the cellular number in review of the video surveillance obtained from Texas Roadhouse. Multiple camera angles captured video surveillance of the victim's patrol car. And on the video surveillance, both Mike and his wife, Becky, are observed (laughs) 
taking pictures. What on earth? <laughs> so not only is car. he being whack, but he's convinced his family to be whack, too. Oh, yeah. And that's just the start. Oh, my goodness. So, if they have proof of him taking these pictures, okay. And now he's denying it? Well, yeah, but Mike Woods, <laughs> who's the prosecuting attorney who we love, we love Mike Woods, he said, you had Mike Merkel, who we have on film coaching and suggesting testimony in the original trial. He was certainly the one that had been targeted in the internal investigation regarding perjury allegations. Then you've got his wife, Becky, who's got her name on the destruction order in the original investigation. From our understanding... She had prepared the destruction order for all of the evidence surrounding the Resferia case. Now, what burner phone did he use to send these incriminating, threatening text messages? None other than his brother's phone, Kevin Merkel, who works for the DEA. He used a DEA federal phone to send these fo- these pictures to the police officer. I don't... How was that a burner phone? Well, I guess when they say burner, I think they mean just, like, supposed to be a not traceable number. Oh, okay. I didn't but realize that. But it's a government-issued phone, so... When I think of burner phone, I think of, like... Flip phone from Dollar General? Yeah. 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 Which would have been easier. I don't understand. I mean, it would have been better. <laughs> not saying that he should have done it in the first place. No, like, of course not. So, would say that he said there was a great number of steps taken to try and conceal their identities... But he said, why someone would use a federal government property in order to commit a crime is beyond me. I mean, yeah. Literally. It really doesn't make sense. I think that they can, like, go through literally anything you do ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at my work, they can, like, see everything I do all the time. So, like, why would you... Don't shop on your work computer because they know. Everybody shops on their work computer, I'm sure, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I just... So, that's still, obviously, like, an open investigation as well, but I just am, like... I didn't think that the case could get any, like, crazier until you now have the case. Well, it's not over, but, like, the bulk of it is over and she's in prison and we still have other people that are trying to blackmail people on government phones. So, yep. And Russ fell in love with someone she tried to murder. Yeah. It's a really strange case. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's very weird. But also, at the same time, if you think about it, she provided photographic video evidence of Pam. So she's part of the reason that Pam got sent away and how... True. Yeah. So I think it's like... True. It's a very coincidental thing, but it's very, like, if they're happy, oh, yeah. good for I'm them. Not, I'm not trying to say that they can't be happy together. Right. Um, And obviously, Russ was, at least I hope, a good husband until... He was a widower, but it's just very weird. Strange how the world aligns. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for those updates, Jill. I I really have been waiting for that episode. Like, I really wanted you to do that at the end of season one. So I'm I'm glad that season two started with it because I wanted to know. And, like, even though there weren't a lot of, like, crazy big updates, obviously for most of the cases, it's good to know, like, where they stand. Mm -hmm. For sure. So... Anyway, thank you so much. Um, to our loyal listeners, we didn't get the giveaway up right away, so we are going to leave it open. We're going to randomly pick the winner on the 26th. We use like a, gen- a software, so it is actually random. And then we will send a message to you either on Facebook or Instagram to let you know if you've won. 
and we will get you the item of your choice. Oh, it doesn't have to be like, it can just be any case because people are like, oh, I haven't like listened. You don't even have to listen to our podcast or know it. People were like, I don't know what episodes you've covered. And I was like, it could be just. Well, then you shouldn't enter <laughs> to win our merch. You clearly don't care about our podcast. Fake fan. Fake, fake fan. <laughs> um, You can just choose any one of our titles. Or just any case. It doesn't have if to be you, one. If you pick covered. a different one, that's fine. But I'm going to hope that the generator doesn't pick you. But if it does, I'll be fair. Okay. <laughs> it's just, why would you want our merch if you've never listened to an episode of our podcast? people have asked for merch? I don't need... I, they can purchase it. So go enter the giveaway. All you have to do is like the post and comment your favorite case. Whether it's one of ours or someone else's. But it should be one of ours. I, I feel can. strongly. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week with another one. Bye-bye. It's been so long since I've done an outro. I don't remember if I've said everything I'm supposed to say. Leave us a five star. I don't remember. Bye.